Are you tired of hiding your smile? Maybe it's time to get some help from G4 by Goldpaw. Their talented technicians specialize in creating brand new permanent teeth in just 24 hours. With as few as four titanium implants, you can enjoy a fully customized bridge for your upper and or lower set of teeth. You can have peace of mind knowing that the G4's experienced lab technicians have designed more than 15,000 new smiles. You can have a new smile that looks, feels, and functions just like natural teeth. Patients from all over the world travel to G4 to get their permanent smiles in just 24 hours and change their lives forever. Booking an appointment has never been easier. Simply visit yourteeth.com today and schedule your appointment with G4 by Golpa. Mention this podcast when you book to save $1,000. So what are you waiting for? Get ready to show off your new, confident smile with G4 by Golpa. Visit yourteeth.com today and start your journey to a new, permanent smile in just 24 hours. G4 by Golpa. Powered by technology. Inspired by patience. Welcome to the Terrible Podcast with your host from SteelersDepot.com, where you can find all your latest and greatest Steelers news. It's Dave Bryan and Alex Kazora. Always lit, talking Steelers. And now, here's Dave and Alex. Welcome to the Terrible Podcast, Season 13, Episode 131. He's Dave Bryan. I'm Alex Kazora, SteelersDepot.com. Thanks for being back with us here this Wednesday, Steelers Nation Day. We actually have a pretty busy show. I know we were kind of debating Monday, should we just wait till Friday? But the calendar, the news cycle is filled up pretty quickly. We got a, quite a bit to talk about today. Yeah, uh, new... Uh... Uh, yet to be made official news, <laughs> but uh, enough of that's kind of happened since we were on on Monday and we didn't you know, look, you never know what you're going to wake up to uh, uh, some days when you when, when, when you do this here. And uh, the last couple of days have been you know kind of newsworthy, if you will. A lot of transactions or a lot of forthcoming transactions, a lot of a lot of different uh, rabbit holes as far as talking points we can go down. So. Uh, this won't be a long show today, but uh, we'll, we'll, we've got a little bit to cover. and We'll get a couple of emails here at the end of it. Let's start with the one piece of official news, at least official by Wednesday morning. And that was announced yesterday. The Pittsburgh Steelers have claimed former Arizona Cardinals defensive lineman Manny Jones off of waivers and replacing uh, or he's replacing, I should say, Rennell Wren, who was placed on injured reserve ending his season, apparently due to an injury suffered at some point, I would imagine relatively recently. So Jones was waived by the Arizona Cardinals on May 15th after their rookie minicamp. I guess the thought is Steeler fans wanted a former Arizona Cardinals defense alignment. It was not J.J. Watt, but you're going to have to feel and, and accept Manny Jones instead. Yeah, uh, it makes you kind of wonder when that injury happened uh, with, uh, with 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 Ren. Uh, he wasn't one of the ones at the. Uh, Correct. He was not at rookie r- minicamp. Right at rookie minicamp there, so hard to know for sure what what injury that was with him. But uh, for a player to have to get moved to IR at this point of of the off season. Yeah, I think it's pretty serious injury uh, within that, or else they would have just let him heal up, you know, between now and training camp and all. Uh, and thus, you know, that with them being down a defensive lineman body, uh, that 
I think it's easy to read into it that that was the reason that they made the claim of uh, Manny Jones off waivers from the Cardinals there to give them uh, to fill basically that 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 roster spot, if you will. So, uh, you know, you swap out one one young inexperienced player for another young uh, inexperienced player. But uh, I think that's that. That's that moving in a nutshell. I think really the most uh, one of the curious things related to this now is to you already have a player on IR at this point of the offseason. Now, Rennell Wren will go to IR uh, on a split salary, uh, you know, low, lower, lower salary cost. And but, you know, if he's still on the roster come week one. You know that will obviously you know that will obviously count against the salary cap there. And you know during the off season, I've learned to start trying to budget, you know, a certain amount of uh, cap dollars for this team to have on IR. And I think this year I have that number budgeted out. Let me pull up my chart here real quick. Uh, Three million dollars estimated I have in this team having to to account for in IR. So we already have, you know. And it doesn't sound like he's going to be coming off IR any anytime soon. And if this is kind of one of those long, long, long-term injuries, he'll probably open the season on on IR. So there's already four hundred plus thousand uh, mm. in 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 that category there. So yeah, you hate to hear it. You know, guy guy didn't even make it to 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 training camp. Uh, Rennell Wren was you know a long shot to make the. 53-man roster anyway, but he was on the practice squad last year. So yeah, just unfortunate news this time of year. And one man's misfortune is another man's opportunity. And uh, that's the case with Manny Johnson. Very or true. Jones, we'll, Jones, Manny Jones. We'll, yeah, very true. We'll always have the one snap Rennell Wren played last year for the Pittsburgh Steelers. It was like a random third, third and short or fourth and short type snap. And so he got in there for officially one game. I know that during this phase of the offseason, there are some limited on-field work the whole team can do. So maybe Ren, you know, tore something uh, while he was at the facility. I obviously I don't know details of uh, what the nature of the injury is. But on Manny Jones, second-year player, rookie last year, undrafted, undrafted out of Colorado State, um, signed with Arizona, has appeared a little bit in the NFL. I think he had 59 snaps last season for the Cardinals, mostly late in the year, had 10 tackles. So if there's an upside, here's something to talk about with Manny Jones. He's not the biggest guy, the longest guy in the world, but he does bring a little bit of game day experience. Yeah, uh, I haven't gone deep into his film. I think we've got a film room coming on him, though, don't we? Yes, at some point soon. All right. So I uh, just, I, you know, I just looked at a couple of snaps of his, and you know, pre he was able to sack. Uh, Malik Willis, I think last year during the preseason, uh, there, but, uh, you know, 50 something snaps is, isn't a lot. He came out of what, uh, Colorado state, right. And mm-hmm. did, was he the one that broke the Joey Porter record or sack record or something? He had uh, a bunch of tackles for a loss. He only had 13 it. or so sacks. So if he broke anything, it would have been the TFLs, but okay. I don't know for a fact. If that is true. All right. That, that might be what I came across there real quick. Okay. Uh, uh, yeah, I'm looking at 2021 early in September, 2021. Uh, this tackle for loss moves Manny Jones. Okay. To ninth all time with 28 TFLs at, at Colorado state with the great Joey Porter. So that was in 2001. It tied him at ninth. Uh, that's what you get for not, 
not 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 reading thoroughly <laughs> there, but uh, uh, evidently had a pretty decent career at Colorado State there. Yeah, he was a five-year guy, but decent production overall. Again, obviously, like Ren, it's going to be a long shot to crack this defensive line room on the 53, which, frankly, has seen a lot of changes, too. Not in starters, at least in terms of Hayward and Ogunjobi, but basically everywhere else. And so, you know, he'd be a guy competing for a practice squad spot, trying to fight and survive. Again, the good news is there is no, there are no cutdowns throughout camp this year. It's it's from 90 to 53 at the end of the season and or end of the preseason. And so Jones will have a, as many chances as possible to prove himself. Then bring back one more, one more preseason game, right? <laughs> you and me both. We're the last two, two guys saying that. Yeah, we probably are. But uh, if you're going, and we, you know, we're obviously fans of them uh, holding off the, 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 the long cut day like that. But, you know, in the meantime, uh, you know, you'd like to see these guys get an extra game out. Now, now the vets probably obviously say, no, no, that's, uh, <laughs> that, that, that's too many games, but, but they don't play anyway. In right, those games, they, so they, they, they don't. Right. And I'm sure the younger guys would like one more opportunity to try to show what they have on the field. But anyway, that's a, that's a podcast for another day or a terrible, <laughs> terrible take for another day. All right, so that's the news on Ren and Jones. I know we're kind of bearing the lead here, but I wanted to start with the piece of official news, probably some news that becomes official today or, or very, very soon, is quarterback Mason Rudolph is back in Pittsburgh. Uh, reportedly signing, he confirmed that. That was initially reported by the fan and then uh, confirmed later by, by Rudolph himself. So I got this one totally wrong, Dave. I did not think there was really any scenario in which Rudolph would return. But obviously, the market has spoken loudly or really super quietly, saying there was probably very little, if anything, out there for him. And so Rudolph, we assume, is back. Well, 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 how the turntables. <laughs> uh, look, I didn't I didn't think he's coming back. I, th- I thought there'd be tire marks outside of uh, outside of the south side facility there with him uh, once 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 the calendar turned to March 15th. I thought. Uh, he's, 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 you know, can't wait to get out of there is not coming back and, and would take even a minimum, uh, veteran benefit deal, uh, with a number with, with another team to be a number three quarterback, if that's, uh, what it meant to get him out of Pittsburgh there. But, uh, look, you know, you go back to what Omar Khan said at, uh, all the way at the, at the combine there and, you know, brushed it off as just kind of lip service and maybe to some degree it was at the time, but, you know, Omar said, you know, we'll, we'll, we'll leave the door open to him. We, we, for him, you know, we have a good relationship or like to think we have a good relationship with him and you never know what will, what will happen. And, you know, obviously you get this far along, uh, in the off season and, you know, Rudolph, there was really, was there any, any mention of him even visiting anywhere? I don't, I don't know. I heard no news on Rudolph's free agency. Right. So, uh, you know, you get past the draft and then obviously fast forward to the Steelers rookie mini camp where they had a couple of quarterbacks, obviously, uh, to look look at one of them being uh, 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 Tanner Morgan, an undrafted free agent. The other being, who was it? Bryce Perkins uh, there. And, you know, they probably looked at that and and said, you know what, you know, let's, uh, let's, let's, let's give, you know, Mason one final call and see where he's at in this process. And, you know, you get past all the rookie mini camps uh, at this point and, I guess Mason's phone still wasn't ringing there and 
he decided to come, you know, uh, come back and to, to, to the devil that he knows. And uh, a lot of people, I guess, are wondering where, where is the, where is the benefit in this for Mason Rudolph? Now we, a, this thing has still not been made official uh, by the team. So maybe that'll happen today or tomorrow, obviously probably before OTAs get underway. Uh, so at, at that point, a few days later, we'll we'll find out what the contract is. I'm thinking that there's potentially uh, a chance that this might be a uh, one of those four-year player veteran benefit contracts, similar to the one that Zach Gentry signed earlier in the offseason. Uh, if indeed this is in is the case, and based on the the amount of the benefit, the low amount of the benefit that Zach Gentry ended up taking advantage of, that still leaves like damn near $1 million left in that benefit for the Steelers to be able to provide that via one of those contracts with Mason Rudolph. Now, the max signing bonus in that would still be 152,500. I think because of uh, the vested years that uh, Rudolph is obviously or uh, uh, credited seasons and accrued seasons that Rudolph's been in the league, I think the minimum salary for him would be 1.08 million there. But see, that benefit can be tacked onto that uh, and you know er- everything else, and basically. It would be a minimum value deal, but the highest minimum value deal he could get across the league because no other team could offer him a four-year you know, player contract because he was not with them the previous four years and all like that. So this might be a little financially motivated. This also might be uh, the devil that you know, and this might just be Steelers are the only team, right? <laughs> uh, I mean, let, 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 let's just call it what it is, what what it could be. It might be the only team. So I, I, you know, I think it'll be interesting to see once this thing is announced and once we see the financial uh, details related to it, to put a couple other uh, other pieces of the puzzle together. But moving past the part that neither one of us thought this would happen, I mean, a quarterback room. With uh, Kenny Pickett, Mitch Trubisky, and Mason Rudolph, you got three guys with experience. It's not the worst thing in the world. Yeah, it's it's what Pittsburgh valued last year to the point where they reportedly turned down offers to move and trade Mason Rudolph. And my stance this whole offseason was, you know, I thought Pittsburgh would always want Rudolph back if for some reason he wanted to come back. I don't think Pittsburgh burned that bridge or... um was unhappy with the situation, obviously, but I thought Rudolph would just want to go somewhere else. And I'm not trying to say that Pittsburgh was unfair to the guy or did the guy dirty, but the reality is, I mean, Rudolph got demoted from number two to number three. He went from the only quarterback on the roster to third string and active, and he probably didn't love how that all went down. And understandably so, it's a business and the team has to make the best decisions and, you know, signing Trubisky and playing Pickett are all the correct decisions, but it was logical to think that he would just want to go somewhere new after being a back backup his entire Steelers career. But with him coming back to Pittsburgh to be that quality number three, probably the best third string quarterback in the NFL. You got three quarterbacks on the depth chart that have, you know, substantial in-game experience. 
I mean, it's a it's a big win for the Steelers. I think it is. And look, I mean, you can still gives you the ability to have some competition there. And this team likes to have four quarterbacks to start uh, training camp. And, uh, you know, assuming the contracts as low as what we think it's going to be with Mason Rudolph, you know, there's there's you can still have a competition there. And if you see enough in in, 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 in Tanner Morgan, uh, over the course of the summer, you can still go that route if you want to. And also now you're protected, uh, you know, from 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 an injury to to one of your other top two guys. And, and once again, have a guy there with with experience in Mason Rudolph. I don't think Mason's going to you know, would be a guy that cause any problems in there, you know. No, uh, but uh, now, you know, and, and imme- nearly almost immediately after you know, word started to circulate that Mason would be back. You start seeing the conversations of, well, what does this mean for Mitch Trubisky? And I think uh, Brad from PFF was on the fan. And, you know, the the discussion starting to circulate now. Does this mean anything for Mitch Trubisky? And can the team trade him or might the team cut him? You know, I, I guess the best way to start an answer to that or start a discussion with, with you and I, uh, related to that is, you know, never say, never say never about anything at this point. However, I, I'm, I'm almost pretty sure the Steelers didn't go into the off season thinking, you know what, we'll, we'll, we'll commit to Mitch Trubisky here, but boy, if we can get to <laughs> May 15th or May 16th or May 17th, and get Mason Rudolph back on this uh, under contract at a super cheap deal, then boy, we'll be in great situation to 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 turn Mitch Trubisky uh, loose. I I just I have a hard time imagining that, especially the way the depth charts uh, shook out last year. Uh, this to me just seems only depth, and then also look if you if if you're if you're it. Now, look, you can definitely let those two guys compete during training camp, right? In, in, in Mitch Trubisky and Mason Rudolph. And if Mason, you know, winds up being, you know, the obvious better choice at, at, uh, uh, to back up uh, Kenny Pickett, then I suppose you start having to, because you're not going to pay Mitch Trubisky $8 million to, to be the number three quarterback, right? Right. It's hard to see him. If he were to lose that battle somehow, he would not be a stealer anymore. Mitch Trubisky would not. Now, as far as the potential trading of Mitch Trubisky, how many teams out there are going to want to acquire an $8 million salary? Uh, there might be a few, but those teams would probably have had something happen in their quarterback rooms starting now until the week one of the season where they need a guy with the experience to come in and really, you know, potentially be a starter for them or be a legitimate, you know, uh, backup quarterback. And plus they'd have to have the cap, you know, because you're talking about an $8 million one year rental here. Uh, unless you were able to get something done with him with an extension with with another team, which would would seem unlikely, uh, it would have to be a team that that's in a situation, if you will. And on on the flip side, the Steelers would have to be in a situation where either it's close or really deciding, uh, uh, you know, uh, been decided that Mason's the far superior 
quarterback than Mitch Trubisky. And if you got to that point, if you would think that it during the preseason, Mitch would you know, not show out well. And then you hit your back to the conversation of what team would want to trade for, for, mm-hmm. you know, there's, there's, there's so many layers to, uh, to this onion, you know, to peel back in a, what if speculated, you know, situation where Mitch would be dealt. And to me, and once again, you know, learn not to speak in absolutes, but I really find it unlikely that Mitch Trubisky would be dealt uh, during the off season, unless it was just a very, very unique situation with him not looking great in, in, in off season, Mason, uh, looking really, really good. And another team getting in a situation where they just have to have Mitch Trubisky at even at $8 million. Sure. I'm with you. I, I, I don't want to just on the heels of me being surprised and wrong about Mason Rudolph's return. I don't want to be too declaratory and say that there's no way that Trubisky loses his job or won't be the backup come week one. But I I'm with you. I I find those events pretty unlikely. And again, Pittsburgh really valued their quarterback depth last year, top to bottom. I know it's maybe a bit different this year because there's more comfort in Kenny Pickett, a bit more of an established role, obviously with him now being the, you know, the starter and hopefully the long-term type of guy, but still, I think Pittsburgh liked having all those options in the quarterback room because listen, if Kenny Pickett goes down, for a week or longer, whatever the case is, and Trubisky comes in, you know, you're one snap away from Mason Rudolph playing. And I really think that let's say that one of those quarterbacks were gone. Let's say that Trubisky is traded and Rudolph comes in to replace and Tanner Morgan's now the number two. You're one snap away from Tanner Morgan coming into a game. And I really think OCs call games differently when they know that I can't do anything that's going to potentially risk getting my getting Mason Rudolph hurt because if we turn to Tanner Morgan our playbook totally waters down. It's totally changed and our odds of winning are probably, you know, greatly reduced even more so. So all of that is to say is that I, this team, the entire offseason has gone in with Trubisky as the clear number two. They decided to keep him at a pretty hefty base salary means they really like this guy. I don't think Rudolph is going to change that so substantially. So where three days ago, we all sat there and said, oh yeah, Trubisky locked in number two, good to go. And then just because Rudolph comes in, it now becomes, you know, where, where Trubisky's incredibly expendable. I don't see that being the case. Look, the only way I really, I can see Trubisky not being on the 53 at this point. And, 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 you know, I, I was wondering maybe, you know, I, you know, uh, that, that, you know, Mitch could potentially be someone who, you know, you, before, I mean, we're, we're backing way up into January, you know, before Rooney talked, you know, that thinking that yeah, maybe, you know, with that salary and all, maybe that's a little bit too expensive for the Steelers. But I mean, the Steelers, you know, with Rooney and 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 Con and uh, you know, I quickly came to to accept the fact that this this team wants Mitch around, you know. And then obviously Con right. saying during the combine that we'd like him around past you know 2023. I you have to take that. At, at, at face value, especially at this point, I think now uh, within that. So the only way I see Mitch not being on the roster at this point is, is him getting into training camp in the preseason and just really stinking it up. And, you know, this team getting to the point where they're saying, man, Mason, we, we, Mason's got to be the number two. And if that's the case, you just can't have a number three uh, at an $8 million salary. I don't think. 
Right. And, and at that point, you probably just cut Trubisky. You probably have no trade market, no trade value for him. So, you know, that would be how that goes. But that's all down the road for here. For right now, my belief is Pickett one, Trubisky two, Rudolph three, the same thing it was after Pickett became the starter in week five last year. Now, uh, you know quite a bit about Mason at this point. <laughs> how does this impact, you know, it, uh, is, is Tanner Morgan going to get the Chris Oladokun uh, treatment, hmm. you know, during uh, because you you got to get Kenny plenty of work during camp and the preseason, right? Right. Any he, any he will still. Yeah. Somebody asked me yesterday, how many reps do you think Pickett will take in the preseason? I don't know the number, but it, it will still be a fair amount because he's still got things to work on. Still a relatively young group, some new pieces. These guys need reps before that tough week one test against San Francisco. And as far as training camp and all goes, you damn sure better have your number two ready. Right. To answer the question, I think I think Morgan will get more reps than Oladokun had last year, which granted was basically zero until the last two days of practice because it's a little bit more settled, the quarterback situation. There was that technical three-way battle Pittsburgh kind of frame things last year. So I think Morgan will get a couple more, but obviously his reps will be very minimal. Right, right. I mean, and with just three preseason games, how many snaps? How many snaps is assuming he makes it that long? Uh, how many snaps does Tanner Morgan get? Ten. Yeah, it's like you know, last drive of the game in right. the second preseason game, or you know, something like that. Because what happened in the Pittsburgh is always carried four quarterbacks, and typically that fourth guy has gotten time. But in the Ben era, it was because he was getting he had the full day, half day, off day schedule, and so on the half day, and certainly on the off day, he only had three quarterbacks practicing which opened up reps for that number four. There aren't going to be any rest days, we presume, with any of these guys, Pickett, Trubisky, and Rudolph this year, and that makes it tough for the number four to simply see much, if any, time. Well, I did not have on my bingo card once the 2022 season ended that we'd be spending 25 minutes on the podcast on May 17th talking about the return of Mason Rudolph, but uh, here we are. Yeah, uh, I was equally as wrong, equally as surprised, but good move for Pittsburgh. You know, it's not going to make or break their season. And obviously the best thing for Pittsburgh is that Mason Rudolph does not take a snap as a stealer this year, not against him, but just means that Kenny Pickett stayed healthy and his team hopefully played well and everything was was solid. But if he's needed, it's good to have a guy like that as that number three, because if Rudolph was not going to be the number three, who was going to be the number three? Tanner Morgan, Bryce Perkins, some other, you know, low level vet type option. You weren't going to find a better guy that knows your system. They know him. He knows them. than Mason Rudolph to be that third string quarterback. I think uh, another kind of, you know, we'll save this for a little bit later on down the road there. Once the roster is set and we'll see what happens you know, possibly, I guess, with 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 an extension with Trubisky uh, later on in the offseason and whatnot. I mean, this team, you know, and, and all this depends on, and we assume the Mason Rudolph contract will be one year. You know, this team, you know, other than Tanner Morgan right now, only has, you know, not counting him, just one quarterback under contract, we think one quarterback under contract for 2023. Or right, and, and Kenny Pickett. Yeah, now somebody also asked the question, I know it's super far, uh, far away away, but 
you know, true. We assume Rudolph will get a one-year deal, and Trubisky entering the last year of his contract. But could you, in theory, think about Rudolph re-signing after 2023 to become the number two, assuming Trubisky walks? I know there's a lot of assumptions. I just threw into one question, but I think that's plausible. We're we're down the road. I'm not going to think about that at all. The NFL season can change so much in one year, but. That's something I think that's on the table if if Rudolph were to resign next year, knowing that he could actually become the number two again. Yeah, and look, once again, we don't know what the contract is now. What if it's a two year, you know? Right. Yeah, sure. Although that would, I guess, be the same point of maybe Rudolph becomes the number two next year if there right. was a multi year deal, knowing that, you know, Trubisky is, is, uh, becoming a free agent after the season. Now, I don't know why. Uh, I think it's stunning enough that Mason's back. I, I don't know why he would lock himself into a super cheap two-year deal, but unless he just says, look, this is my best path <laughs> to potentially getting on the field again at some point. Right. So we'll see. We'll get uh, official confirmation on that, hopefully, probably by today or tomorrow, and we'll hopefully have something to update uh, on that contractually come Friday. Are you tired of hiding your smile? Maybe it's time to get some help from G4 by Goldpaw. Their talented technicians specialize in creating brand new permanent teeth in just 24 hours with as few as four titanium implants. You can enjoy a fully customized bridge for your upper and or lower set of teeth. You can have peace of mind knowing that the G4's experienced lab technicians have designed more than 15,000 new smiles. You can have a new smile that looks, feels, and functions just like natural teeth. Patients from all over the world travel to G4 to get their permanent smiles in just 24 hours and change their lives forever. Booking an appointment has never been easier. Simply visit yourteeth.com today and schedule your appointment with G4 by Golpa. Mention this podcast when you book to save $1,000. So what are you waiting for? Get ready to show off your new confident smile with G4 by Golpa. Visit yourteeth.com today and start your journey to a new permanent smile in just 24 hours. G4 by Golpa, powered by technology, inspired by patience. But other reported, not official signings, a big one here. When been waiting on the news, thought he was going to be a Steeler, wasn't in rookie minicamp, didn't know the status, finally have an answer unofficially now. XFL star wide receiver Hakeem Butler reportedly signed his contract that comes via the XFL, announcing it. Again, not been made official by the Steelers, but that should be coming soon. Butler has confirmed the news as well. And so I know that Omar Khan had mentioned Butler by name last week, was not in rookie minicamp, still a bit unclear why, but yesterday on his 27th birthday, a very good gift for Hakeem Butler, an NFL contract. All right. It'll be interesting to watch this play out now uh, with him, a guy that's uh, worked hard to try to get another opportunity. The last time he played in the NFL was what? Two, uh, 2020? Yeah, I believe so. At least in terms of getting into a regular season game. Right, right. And, you know, had, had definitely had a foot out of football and, you know, got the uh, St. Louis Battlehawks to take a chance uh, on him. And, you know, Bruce Gred, Bruce Gredkowski, you know, was the offensive coordinator there and who was Anthony Beck, the, uh, the head coach. And uh, they bought into giving him a chance. And, you know, he really shined uh, during the XFL season. And, and got in the end zone. Now he's, he, you know, I think the drops still one of the things with him, I think, you know, uh, coming out of uh, college into the NFL was, you know, the overall route running and, and the hands and the concentration and that kind of thing. But, uh, you know, I, you got to, 
got to take the competition into consideration here, but he was able to do some, some pretty exciting things on the field. And he's a big bodied guy that can block and, uh, really looks like one of those, uh, today's, at least from, you know, what we saw in the XFL, you know, prototypical kind of big slot guys and, you know, good for him. He's got himself, uh, uh, one last chance to, 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 uh, to show a team that, that maybe he can stick at the NFL level. And, uh, now he'll, you know, seemingly get a chance from, you know, starting in OTAs and on into training camp to see if he can make a roster or at least you'll be back on a practice squad and all, but you got a pretty full room over there, Mm -hmm. you know, uh, right now. And you would think that, if you're going to be a bottom end of the depth chart uh, uh, receiver for the Steelers, especially on the heels of this team, you know, uh, trading for Allen Robinson and you have uh, uh, Calvin Austin, the third, hopefully coming back uh, full strength. And, you know, you got a special teams guy in, 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 in miles Boykin who, you know, gives you some position flex, a little bit of position flexibility there. Uh, I guess where I'm going with this is, he, he better sharpen up his, his, uh, he, he better, uh, bear gifts to one Danny Smith. Yeah, for sure. For sure. But it is a crowded room, but I think the thought is just add talented people, make that room as quality as possible. Never know what injuries could occur. Never know when roles may open up. And I mean, if this team, the Steelers traditionally carry at least six receivers, I know that varies a bit, but six is a reasonable number to carry this year. Correct. Yeah, I would agree, especially if you carry just what three, you know, three running backs. Uh, you know, you get into that, you know, uh, Connor Hayward discussion and the, you know, where does Zach Gentry fit and all and all this, but uh, and and how many offensive linemen are they going to carry? You know, uh, that could actually be as low as eight, even though it'd be kind of. Well, we'll see. But I mean, I, I think when you go through this, you could you could absolutely map out uh, a scenario where they did keep six true wide receivers. OK, and so you have your top five right now of Deontay Johnson, George Pickens, Allen Robinson, Calvin Austin. And for me, Miles Boykin as that number five because of the special teams value. That's the way that I drew things up on my initial 53 man roster prediction. So. If you have six, you got an open spot there at number six. And you have some some names to compete there. Anthony Miller, uh, Gunnar Olszewski, Akeem Butler, if any of these future guys were to show up at Des Fitzpatrick, Dan Chisena, somebody like that. So there are other names. But even just on that baseline six, that number six spot is pretty much up for grabs. And, of course, there is no guarantee necessarily that, you know, Kevin Austin is going to look fantastic or Miles Boykin is going to continue his role. I think the odds are strong. Those things are are going to happen. They're going to make this team. But even if you if you lock those guys in right now, just hypothetically, that number six spot is open for Butler, who does offer something kind of unique as that big slot type. So you're telling me there's a chance. There is a chance. <laughs> and uh, to add again, to get a quality receiver like that from the XFL, I know the NFL crew has not worked out. Dude does not have a career reception in the NFL. And so he was the height, weight, speed kind of Marvel, what, 6'5", 220, ran in the high four fours, and it has not translated. But you know, with some time, you get in the XFL, you refine your game a bit. You know, we'll see. I don't know what's going to happen. It, it could go well, it could go poorly, but it's good to get a talented guy with success in camp and make that room better. I think one of the main things he has going for him is his size. You know, 
Yeah, um, and he's got hands and he made plays. And again, just coming off, you know, what, 51 catches and eight touchdowns in the XFL this year. I know that's lower competition, but, you know, his game probably grew and improved. And to to get that work in, to to see the field when he hasn't seen the field in quite some time, to really, truly work on his game, you can work on it in practice and individually, but to really be in game environments and get those reps, they're really valuable. So hopefully we'll see a better version of him in 2023 compared to where he was when he first entered the NFL. All right. It'll be fun to watch for sure. One other reported signing again, not made official, but this has been reported by ESPN's Jeremy Fowler, another XFLer coming to the Pittsburgh Steelers in cornerback Luke Barku, who was with the San Antonio team. Uh, he is a, I was he drafted? I'm trying to think about if he was drafted or not, but he was, I think, undrafted um, at a San Diego State, had some really good ball production there, was in Jacksonville in 2020, played actually a little bit, did not go necessarily well, but he was a rookie trying to make it in the league and has kind of bounced around since and uh, was an all XFL selection, a quarterback for San Antonio. And reportedly, Barku had a couple different offers from, I believe, Dallas and Cleveland and, of course, Pittsburgh. And I think because his head coach there in the XFL was Heinz Ward, probably is a good way to push him to Pittsburgh. So there's another signing for the Steelers. And that's a long kid, too, that plays press and on the outside, right? Yeah, he's about six foot with 32 inch arms. He was pretty lanky coming out of college, listed a buck 75. He still looks pretty lanky right now, probably added a bit of weight. But he's a guy that, you know, was a, was a receiver in, in high school. And you kind of see that translate on tape in terms of the ball skills. He had nine interceptions his final season at San Diego State. And so he's a guy that can, you know, find the ball, make plays on the ball. Um, and so he kind of fits all those things Pittsburgh looks for in terms of kind of a longer corner taller corner, somebody comfortable. He didn't do, to me on tape, he didn't do a ton of like true press man, but in terms of being rolled up in tight man coverage, really patient in in terms of not opening up his hips and and, and waiting for the receiver to, you know, stem and kind of declare his release. He's a really patient corner and it's a guy that can make plays on the football. So if you got some size, have some length, have some man coverage ability, who can take the football away, you're a Pittsburgh Steelers type of corner. Did you get a chance to look at his tackling? Yeah, I did. He he's got one two in willingness. Um, there's some some hip power on tape. I think he goes too high. It causes him to miss, and he's a bit kind of unrefined in terms of being kind of throws more shoulders than he does wrap up. Um, and he will go too high. But there are, there are instances where he you know he has the the willingness one two. He will come down. He will hit you. It just I think he's going to be an inconsistent player. I think you saw that on his tape uh, throughout the XFL. And I think just his overall profile says somebody that's going to have some really good moments and probably some kind of ugly moments as well. Okay, so maybe a practice squad candidate. Yeah, I think this cornerback room is looking pretty crowded. And some of those guys may, you know, get weeded out in terms of Witherspoon and Pierre's on the bubble. But um, I think Barku probably best as a practice squad type of guy. All right. All right. One other piece of news here, not a reported signing, but a reported visit that we assume has uh, come and gone with Quan Alexander, former Pro Bowl uh, linebacker with the Jets last season uh, reportedly came in for a visit. I think he came into town Monday night. I assume that visit occurred Tuesday. And I was looking at his uh, Instagram page this morning and it appears he's back home. And so does not seem a deal is in place and has been agreed to, but the visit probably has uh, has taken place there. So what do you make of the reported visit of linebacker Quan Alexander? I think this is another instance of... Uh no stone left unturned, right? You know, them uh, looking at any given uh, 
possibility of, of adding guys that uh, have some experience that they can think that they think can make the 50, you know, 90 or 53, however you want to look at it, uh, potentially better here. Uh, he was a guy that was with the Jets on a one year, I think a veteran benefit deal uh, last year. Uh, uh, you look at you know, quick run through of his tape, a, a guy that's definitely not afraid to smack people. Uh, I think one of the big highlights last year was him separating uh, Saquon Barkley from a, from a football there. Uh, other nice hits in there, uh, able to play downhill, uh, a physical downhill player, but has a lot more finesse to him than say, and a Landon Roberts is more of a I'm going 90 to nothing downhill and just going to crash up everything. Uh, he just has a little bit more athleticism, uh, athleticism, or a lot more athleticism, really. I, I, I think ability to change direction and all uh, definitely uh, would be better in coverage than a guy uh, that say a Landon Roberts and, you know, young enough still, even though he hasn't uh, played a lot of special teams uh, since being in the NFL. Uh, he would probably have to understand that he would have to do some of that uh, uh, with the next team that he does end up signing with. And it, it's it's probably, I mean, we'll see what the transaction wire says today. You would think, you know, whatever, whenever this next group of transactions is announced, whether it be today or tomorrow or by the end of the week, or whenever, that uh, if indeed, you know, they were going to sign him. He'd be part of that. But, you know, there's been obviously no word since the visit that that's going to come to fruition. But, I mean, you look at his tape and, you know, I, I would definitely be on board on 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 adding him on a one year minimal deal. Yeah, I think he can still play only 28 played in all 17 games with the Jets last season, starting 12. I think what he could potentially offer is that coverage ability. I think you got some guys that can play downhill and play the run and Mark Robinson landed Roberts, but do you have cover guys? Roberts, not that guy. Robinson probably will never be that guy. And Holcomb to me is the best of that current group, but even his coverage skills are average, I would say. And so to bring somebody in. And that, he's coming off a foot injury too. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Pittsburgh's kind of betting on some of these medicals with Robinson and, and Cole Holcomb, but um, yeah, I think, you know, Alexander, who can move a bit, play out in space. I don't know exactly how that would look if he were to be signed. I think this would be a thing where you're adding competition and trying to maybe really create some specialized sub package type roles. And obviously Holcomb's contract would suggest he'd be a three down type of guy. So there's some messiness there. But, you know, I think Alexander would potentially be that best coverage guy if he were to sign. But as of right now, we're not getting indications that's happened. The Steelers love those cast off uh, inside linebackers, don't they? They really do, man. They love signing the free agent guys with a bit of pedigree and a bit of kind of background they know on him. And so he was only he was only fourth round pick. I kept thinking he was a higher draft pick than fourth round, but he is a pro bowler. He's been a long established guy. And so I could see the intrigue there. Um, at some point, they're going to have to just draft somebody and really try to invest that way. But, um, you know, I, I, I get the, the Alexander allure. Um, we'll just see if a deal actually occurs. Yeah. And we'll sit and wait. We, we should know some, if, if it's going to happen, it would happen by the end of this week. You would think with, uh, OTA starting next week. Right. And if, if he Don't left, they have a, one, how, how many spots open now? One, if you assume Rudolph Butler and Barku all signed or will sign, they will have one spot remaining. And that's with, uh, Manny Jones addition and Ren to the, uh, to, to the IR, right? 
Correct. Yeah, they just cancel each other out. So one open spot. So there, I, I assume they're going to fill and that. You're not. You're not counting the Iowa State uh, undrafted guy, right? Yeah, I assume Downing. I mean, he never signed a contract. You right. know, the team never. Uh, they said the six guys they agreed to, and you add Alfonso Graham to that. But um, you, if, even if you add all those guys still with one spot open. And so I assume that will be filled by Tuesday, which is right. the first day of OTAs. Will it be Alexander? Will it be somebody else? We'll wait and see. Yeah, we'll see. All right, Dave, anything else to talk about from a Pittsburgh Steelers perspective? I think those are um, many things to talk about, but those are probably all the things to to really discuss. A lot more things that uh, uh, to talk about than we thought might be the case <laughs> when we ended the Monday show. But uh, I, I think we've we've covered most of it there. Are adventure and relaxation on your mind? Jump in the car and head to Fauquier County, Virginia this weekend. Just a short drive from D.C. off I-66 and nestled in the foothills of the Blue Ridge Mountains. Fauquier County has it all, including picturesque hiking trails, Rappahannock River access, plus over 25 wineries, breweries, and cideries. Visit the many unique shops and farm-to-table restaurants of Fauquier County's towns and villages, or take in the many historical attractions suitable for all ages. Check out visitfauquiercounty.com. That's visit, F-A-U-Q-U-I-E-R.com. Fauquier County. Find what you love. All right, Dave, let's get to some reader emails and close out today's show. All right. Let me open up the email machine here and see what we have. Uh, Babette Landine writes in, hi, Dave and Alex, longtime listener uh, since 2013, back to the days when we did the GoFundMe so Alex could go to Mobile. All right. Uh, here's my question. What is it going to take for uh, the Steelers to uh, allow you all to have staff member at the weekly press conference uh, with over 126,000 followers on Twitter alone? You guys should certainly be included as major media outlet. I feel like your questions uh, would be intelligent and thoughtful and represent your listeners well. I know it's more of a rhetorical question, but maybe we could get a Twitter campaign started. What you think? Uh, thanks for your time. Peace and love and prayers. All right, Babette. Uh, look, uh, we've we've talked about uh, if 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 we pushed hard enough on this, I think maybe we could get somebody in the room there. But we're we're not well liked. I mean, I'm just going to say we're we're just not well liked uh, in the local Pittsburgh media uh, circles. And we have accepted that for quite a long time now. And really we, I mean, we, we have moved past that to be quite honest with you. And you know, would it be nice maybe to have somebody in there? Uh, yeah, but, uh, I don't think it, it, I mean, we can still, and hopefully we've done a good job still covering the team, uh, the way we do things now, we've got quite a system, uh, that we've put together. Uh, we've even added two new people to the staff, uh, in the last 24 hours. And I think we have 25 in total as part of the depot crew. And, uh, once again, you know, if we pushed hard enough, could we probably get somebody in there? Yes. But is, is it worth it overall? They, they just, they don't most of them in that room don't want us in there so right that that's about the best way i i can answer that and i mean we're, we're not mad at it you know peace and love to all them in that room and but that's that's just the way things are 
and asking those thoughtful and intelligent questions might be one reason why it's a difficulty for us to to get in there because you don't want to ask the really hard questions to put some of these guys on the spot might be perceived as some sort of threat. But yeah, as echo everything that Dave said, and right now our focus is on some other things in terms of we've done a great job this year expanding our kind of draft access in terms of having a cruise at the Shrine Bowl, the Senior Bowl at the Combine. And we've talked about maybe doing some pro day stuff in, 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 in the future. So that's kind of been our focus. I think we still have an in-person presence in a lot of ways. Of course, we're at training camp and offering those reports that I think you guys really enjoy. So we still have a lot of boots on the ground in other ways, just not currently in in that way that you're asking about. And look, you know, Bert Lawton and Michael, uh, uh, you know, they're, they're, they're top two uh, PR people over there. You know, I, I've, I've had real cordial conversations with both of them. Uh, over the years and, you know, push come to shove. Uh, if I, you know, need, need something, you know, I, they, they've, they've given us some information over the years. Mm-hmm. They've allowed us to be in uh, some of the zoom calls during COVID and, and, and all like that. And I'm sure they, they probably caught some hell from that, from the local media, from that happening. So I don't, I don't want to say that, you know, uh, their, their people have mistreated us or anything like that. You know, uh, once again, you know, I, I, I've got Bert's phone number and email and same with Michael. And, you know, they've they've allowed us some concessions over the years and all like that. And once again, you know, I if, if we pushed hard enough uh, w- with them and you know, we, we could we could probably get a seat in there. It's just it, it's it's something that we just don't view as a, a, a big priority. Yeah, I'm with you. Uh, good answer there, Dave. Uh, James writes in great podcast and website as always. I can't recall how and when second contracts work. Hypothetical situation. Let's say Broderick Jones, Joey Porter Jr. And Corey Trice all become very good starters, equally good at their positions. And the Steelers want to keep them all. Does it matter what he, uh, asked what does it matter what round they are drafted in when they can get their second contract? He, uh, says, I think I remember something like the first round picks are five-year contracts and the rest are four-year contracts, but then you have to wait X amount of years to to renegotiate, etc. The reason I'm asking, is there a chance that Joey Porter Jr. being selected in the second round gets to his second contract faster than Broderick Jones because Porter was selected in the second round? Any difference for Trison? Okay, uh, great, great, great questions, James. Uh, first and foremost, uh, all draft picks come to the team with uh, four-year contracts. Now, the difference with your first-round pick is that contract comes with a fifth-year option. Uh, uh, option. All right. Now, none of these draft picks and, and no rookies can renegotiate their contract until after the third season. Period. No, no matter what round you're in, you have to uh, uh, play on your current contract at least three years before you can sign any, any sort of an extension or anything along those lines there. So that's that's the first rule related. And that even goes for, look, they, they could get after the third season with Broderick Jones if they wanted to or with Kenny Pickett, for example, and say, we've got to re-up these guys now before the fifth-year option decision, anything, and they could sign those guys to extension after after their third season. So that answers that 
that that that part of the the uh, the, the question there. Uh, the the part where he asked, uh, "Is there a chance that Joey Porter Jr. gets basically gets a second contract before uh, Broderick Jones?" Absolutely, there's a chance in that. Uh, uh, and because look, uh, once again, you hope Broderick Jones gets into a situation where you're picking up that fifth year option uh, with him prior to the start of his fourth year. And at that time, you're probably looking at Joey or you're looking at Joey Porter Jr. would then be going into potentially his final contract. And, and instead of running the risk of having to use the franchise tag after his fourth season, Let's hope that we're having the conversations that the Steelers are in a situation after Joey Porter's third season that this team is looking hard and heavy at extending Joey Porter Jr. and thus giving him a deal before Broderick Jones knew. You want both those guys to hit second contract. How nice would it be, Mm -hmm. Alex, to see uh, Broderick Jones, Joey Porter Jr., Keanu Benton, all getting second contracts with the Steelers. Yeah, I mean that's that's ideal. You want if you can get three starters out of a draft class, you, you know the, the, that's kind of the the general feel from scouts and front offices. You get three starters in a draft class, you feel good. If you get four, you're really happy. And Pittsburgh has the potential to get four and maybe even more. Throw in Trice and you know if her big order, I think change positions to more of an off ball role. There's starter potential there, so. And I mean, Darnell, this, we, we, you know, well, that's what I say with a fourth. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You know, with, with, with Jones, with Porter, with Benton, and then Washington, you know, Washington may always, you know, be kind of that number two tight end, but play almost starter type snaps. Point is you get, you know, heavy contributors. You're looking at a 2017 type draft class all over again. Okay. Alex, uh, coming across the Twitter wire. It, it, it happened before <laughs> the, the, the show ended here. Uh, Ian Rappaport is reporting that the Steelers have informed veteran cornerback Akella Witherspoon that they will be releasing him. So uh, show me your shocked face. <laughs> I think we had mentioned, we mentioned this throughout the offseason. Obviously, I think I even mentioned this a couple of days ago about a potential, if there was a time to release your veteran post-rookie minicamp, pre-OTA, typically is when these moves occur in Pittsburgh and around the NFL. So yeah, certainly not shocked by this Witherspoon. I wrote in the article, a career defined by inconsistency. This was a guy that when they traded for him in 2021, didn't play. Look, like the trade was going to be bad. Comes on strong late in the season. Was honestly this team's best cornerback the last month of 2021, 2022. Totally different story. Struggles against Jamar Chase. Has a hamstring injury. Comes back for the Eagles game. Gets torched by A.J. Brown. On IR, does not play another snap this season, just has never found consistency in his career. Dude has some talent. He's got athleticism, has you know unique size for the position, but just has never been able to be a trustworthy, consistent, steady guy. And is a hard road to lead to be an NFL corner when you're that inconsistent. Yeah, something I've talked about all offseason. It looked like uh, this was going to end up being what would happen with him. I thought it would happen a little bit earlier in the off season here, but uh, you get through the rookie mini camps and, you know, obviously you get through the draft and add a couple of corners. Once they added a couple of corners there and 
uh, it just the, the writing has been on the wall for this uh, since since last season, him missing all those games, that kind of thing there. So uh, I am the least shocked person uh, about this. I think the only uh, thing was the you know, the timing of it. Uh, just I thought it was going to happen by now. Uh, so, mm-hmm. uh, here we are, uh, with this and you save, uh, $4 million in salary cap space prior to, uh, top 51, uh, 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 replacement there. This, this, in my opinion, was the right move. And a no brainer move because right. listen, this guy was not going to have a role defensively when you're, you know, replace Cam Sutton with Patrick Peterson. You have Joey Porter Jr., your draft, you know, James Pierre's in that mix. Levi Wallace is going to play, you know, Corey Trice, what you get from him. We'll see with this was not going to be a contributor on special teams. There really was no home for the guy. So when you sit there and say this guy really has no path to making it, you're going to save a bunch of money, you know, do right by him. Let him go find a new team, do right by your own team by, sitting there and say, Let, let's put the, the group together that really could compete and have a, a, a role and value for us. So this is a, a no-brainer type decision. And look, did you want to take him to, you know, knowing he's not probably not going to mm-hmm. be in the plans, did you want to take him to OTAs Can OTAs and run the risk of him getting getting injured and having to go on IR and, you know, just, uh, yeah, look, the, the writing was on the wall with this. And once again, you know, prob- probably I, I – I thought it was going to happen several weeks ago, but uh, it was probably a good bet to make that he was going to be gone by the start of OTAs. Yeah, I'm guessing the timing was let's get Porter Trice in the rookie minicamp, make sure they're healthy through rookie minicamp just in case something unfortunate would occur. And then once everybody's good before OTAs begin, you go out there and you give Witherspoon to Hefo. So I think that's the reason for the timing of the move. I would agree. Uh, let's see here. Any other final thoughts on that? Just, uh, I know we had this conversation before and I may write about it sometime soon. Just a busy off season with so much roster turnover, so many moves. I mean, how many guys that were not Steelers in 2022 are going to be on this roster come week one in 2023? It's going to be like 25 different people that are going to be on this team to start this year that weren't Steelers a year ago. Yeah, look, you're gonna ch- they're they're churning and they needed to. We talked about this a couple mm-hmm. of weeks ago. They they really are churning the bottom end of that roster, uh, and all and 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 they they really needed to. So the churning continues. Yeah, and it may continue even more as we work our way towards the summer. Look, I mean, and there's no need to do it now. I don't think, but you know, guys, you know, like Montravius Adams, uh, Gunnar Olszewski. Uh, you know, some of those under $3 million guys, you know, those guys could get uh, very well churned as well. And you wonder about Kevin Dotson, not maybe from a cut perspective right now, but a, his future perspective. So in terms of, you know, former starters who may be on their way out, you just, you kind of focus now on Dotson and where his future lies. Now that Witherspoon is officially gone. Yeah, that's another one as well, too. All right. Uh, at least that news came in before we wrapped up the show. <laughs> Thank you, Omar. Uh, Thank you, Ian. We yeah. should say wrap up for Yeah. Yeah. Uh, all right. Uh, I think I'm through all of the emails that we have here, Alex. So I think we can wrap this up. All right. We'll come back on Friday. We'll have another roundtable with, uh, I think, tentatively scheduled right now with Jonathan Hytrider, Josh Carney, and Tyler Wise to kind of do 
I guess kind of one part, maybe draft, you know, thoughts. I know it's been a little bit since the draft, but to kind of hear what those guys have to say, maybe just kind of some thoughts about the 2023 season for the Pittsburgh Steelers. So should have some extra voices on the show come Friday. All right. Look forward to that. All right. In the meantime, you can follow me on Twitter at Steelers Depot. Follow Alex on Twitter at Alex underscore Gazora. Follow the show at Terrible Podcast. Email the show, theterriblepodcast at gmail.com. If you like what we do and want to donate to the cause, SteelersDepot.com. Hit the donate button upright navigational bar. Also, if you like an ad free version of the site, go to SteelersDepot.com and uh, hit the, what, what was I at? The uh, ad free ver- or donation and then ad free uh, ad free button upright navigational bar as well too so until friday as always thanks for listening to the terrible podcast with dave and alex dogs, school drop-off, meetings from 10 to 3, take kids to soccer, then no time left for a jog. When everyone else is relying on you, it's easy to put your needs last. BetterHelp connects you with a licensed therapist online, so you can show up for yourself the way you do for others. Find more balance with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp.com.